What's going on? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with another episode of the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab Freddy Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with another episode of Saturday Night Sit Down. And today, I got my boy, longtime friend Ice the Barber. What's going on, my man? What's up, my boy Fred? Fab Freddy, what's up, baby? That that intro music is so hard, bro. Yeah, listen, man. Man, what I love about it, yo, like I, I um, I was going to my boy Renee, man. I known him since elementary school, man. And um, he's always been doing beats, always been doing beats and stuff. And I was starting about, when the moment I thought about my podcast, I was like, yo, I got to get this dude to do my beat. You know what I mean, he's been yeah, doing a bunch a of beat job. battles and stuff. Yo, not even 24 hours, bro. I said, yo, this is what I'm trying to go for. This is the vibe. I sent him a few samples of some other songs. I was like, I need something kind of like a beat. And he hit me back with that. I said, yo, it's, this is it. You don't got to do nothing else. This is it right here. This that beat right here. And I'm just, I'm just hoping you put some lyrics behind that sometime. <laughs> yeah, you know man. This, this, this is... It's a beautiful thing, man, and 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 just the energy that you got from it—that's what I'm looking for, man. It's man, that that, nice that, that really really good vibe, man. So, Feel me? so I'm so happy to have you here, man. We I'm back, man. Here, you know, man. it's a Saturday night sit down, and as I know, you've been listening to a couple of my episodes, and, and the whole purpose of this show is like that, man. I know, and I've always said this every time is that I struggled my way into into manhood, into adulthood. And I'm sure like a lot of us have done that. And, um, you know, especially having my two kids now, it's a little bit more realization. I want to do more that really help guide the younger generation and help educate them and make their transition a little bit easier and have a bunch of positive role models I take a look up to because I know a lot of a lot of my friends that said growing up didn't have any dads in their life. They didn't have a lot of male positive real role models to look up to. Um, and, and that's what's damaging to our community, man. What I'm saying, we, we really need to have that positive influence and really those good teachers to help guide us in the right way, you know? So, so sitting down with people like this and, and then you, man, Mr. Entrepreneur going up, big things, knowing you from, from the come up, man, and seeing everything yeah. you've been able to do and stuff like that is very, very inspirational, man. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. So thank you for coming on with me, man. I appreciate you for having me here. You know, a lot of things were rushing through my mind. I'm like, man, my, my boy Fab wanted me to get here. I don't know what this going to be like. You know, I watched the past episodes and all that. So, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm blessed to be here. I appreciate you, bro. No, of course, of course, man. So so let's get started, man. As you know, man, my very, very first question to everybody when they sit down in the hot seat, man, is to you, man, what do you think are some of the main characteristics and the main qualities that make up a good man or a good person? Uh, I, I'll say, like, honesty, that's number one. Uh, dig deeper on that. Uh, continuing the podcast, I'm going to say um, stay ahead of the game. You know, um, when I say stay ahead of the game, I mean, like, you know, when you live, you, you know, with your wife or your daughter, uh, you have to double check on everything before you leave the household. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, if there's no formula, make sure you write that down. I'm like, boom, before I come home, I'm going to get some formula. Um, conversation. You have to keep an open mind. With your wife, you know, I, sometimes I'll be, you know, lacking that conversation piece. But, you know, my wife always correct me. I'm like, oh, you have to talk to me. Boom, boom, boom. You know, um, and another thing is just like uh, sometimes you have to uh, have corrective criticism to your towards yourself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as a man. Because, you know, you have to check yourself. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, sometimes you be slipping. Look in the mirror. I'm like, man, listen, you slipping. You need to do this. You need you need to become this. Yeah. Not for you, for your family. Exactly. Not for exactly. you to for other people at your workforce to see you like, okay, I can look up to him. He's a good example, you know. And um, to stay on top of your business, 
you know, not, it's just, I don't know. It's, I could get deep into this. Just stay on top of yourself, spirituality into yourself, uh, with your friends, stay honest with your friends. And not everybody is your friend. You have to, yeah. you have to know that, mm-hmm. you know, some of your childhood friends you was coming up with, you know, where you going, you can't take them with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and you got to say to yourself, boom, I love this guy, but I'm going to keep him in this in this pocket because he's great in this pocket, yeah. but he's not great in this pocket. Know people's strengths and weaknesses. And know how to leverage them, man. And, and I want to go touch back on something because, um, like you said, with, with your wife um, and the communication piece, and I think part of that is, is when it comes to being a good man is, is something that I feel is that growing up, how we grew up in our area and all the things that, that taught that how we were taught is really be shielded with your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, you, right. especially when it comes to the opposite sex, yeah. you know what I mean? We were, we were really trained to not show our emotions or not let everything out there or be, cause I had that same problem with my wife too. A lot of times you know what I'm saying like, she would come to me like, I need you to talk to me, see what's up. Like what's on your mind? Cause I would just shut down. Right. You know what I mean? Think something's bothering me and I'm going through something or whatever. Like I, you, you, you we're almost like trained or, or taught to that. You got to deal with it yourself. Right. And they say, you got to man up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got to handle your business. And and in doing that, you you lock out the closest ones that you love. Um, and a, a real big example, man, and to just get a little deeper on that and a little personal. Um, two years ago, right, when my wife was pregnant with my son, um, you know, I was going through a lot of, I was going through a lot of depression. Right. I was going through a lot of insecurity. I was going all over the place. And um, I was, as a man, I was going through a lot. Like, I just didn't feel like I wasn't provided for my family. Like, I wasn't equipped to do certain things. I was, I was trying to really find my place in this world. Um, and while doing that, I really shut my wife out. Mm. I, I shut her out completely. Um, and, and and we both acknowledged that it was the worst summer of our relationship. Mm. Um, to make matters worse on top of that, you know, my, my dog that I had for 11 years, you know, my, my, my best friend, we had to put him down. Ooh. And and that really messed me up because that was that's, that's my first son, you mm-hmm. know. Because like I said, like at one point in my life, early on, I didn't think I could have kids. You know what I'm saying? I was that's like, your first responsibility. Yeah, you know. And, and I had my dog, and he was listen. He was he was my boy. Like mm-hmm. I never had him on a leash. He was with me every everywhere I went for 11 years. And it wasn't until he wasn't there that I really realized how much he really meant to me. You know what I'm saying and what he did for me as a person, really to get through things. That's deep. And 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 I, and I felt so alone and abandoned and and I shut my wife out in the midst of a pregnancy. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Which was so horrible. Um, And it was that thing too. Like she kept telling me, you know, you got to talk to me like what's going on. Cause I didn't, I I didn't tell anybody about how we deal with my feelings with my dog, you know, my boy, like I didn't talk to anybody. I really kept all that self and I let it internalize and eat me from the inside out. And it was just doing so much damage because I didn't know how to communicate with her. Um, and she was the one really that set me straight. Like, listen, we, we, we need to figure something out, man, because we can't, it's, it's not, it's not healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's not going on. So I, I think it is very, very important. Like you said, communication and, and especially like that with, with your wife, your, your spouse, your, your significant other to really maintain that they're your best friends. You know what I'm saying? They with mm-hmm. you for to the day you die. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. say that. So you got to really be open and honest with that. So I'm really glad that you touched up on that point, man. Most definitely. I feel like, you know, as a man growing up in the projects, Expressing your feelings was not, <laughs> it was not it, you know. Uh, I, but older you become, you realize, like, you know, like, I have to talk to my wife. I have to express to her how I feel. Um, 
I want, I want to go back a little bit, then I'm going to come back to the present time with my wife. I remember when I graduated high school, I was so happy. I was like, yeah, I graduated high school. We lit. Fuck school. I'm out of here. Right, Three right. days later, I was in a Great Depression. You know, I was like, damn. You know, a lot of a lot of my peers was going to college. A lot of my peers knew what they wanted to do. And I cried. And I was like, damn, you know, I don't know what I want to do. I, I bullshitted through a whole high school. I don't know how I graduated high school, to be honest. But I'm happy I got out of there, you know. And then, you know, I went to NCC. I played for NCC. Left NCC, went to Gibbs Community College. That was at Gibbs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then afterwards, um, I was an electrical apprentice. Then I fell back. I was like, damn, I really don't know what I do. And I got into, you know, some extracurricular activities, you know, at you know, when you grade, when you raise up in the ghetto, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to think about, you know, you, that's what I got into. So, you know, my uncle, rest his soul, he found me on the corner. He was like, yo, bro, what you want to do growing up? And I was like, I don't know. He said, come in the car, Poppy, let me talk to you. Then he talked to me. He was like, yo, um, just think about what you want to do. And I told him, you know, I want to cut hair. He said, all right, cool. He, he brought me to his house. He said, sit right here and reflect on your life. And then I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I, you know, even though I told him I want to cut hair, I thought he was gonna teach me how to cut hair. And this dude, you know, for a living, he was a taxi driver. And um, I sat in his house, and I sat there just thinking about my life, thinking about what's going on. And I was depressed. You see what I'm saying? And I noticed, you know, a few years passed. Uh, four years later, people's graduating college. Right. And I'm still working a regular minimum wage job. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And then that's when I was like, you know what? Let me let me let me try this out. I said I wanted to cut hair, but I was still playing around, you know. And then I got focused on cutting hair. And um, at this time, I started dating my my girlfriend, which is my wife at this time. And she asked me, "Hey, what where what do you want to do with your life? Where do you see yourself in the next five years?" And I said something very ignorant, you know. Um, I said, you know, I want I want to do hand in hand. You know, hand in hand is like, you know, selling drugs. Then out there, she's like, well, you can't date me unless you graduate, at least from a trade or a college. I was like, nah, I can't leave her. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. she's so focused, you know, and I'm so lost in this world. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do? At least I, I know somebody that know where they're going in life. And then out there, so I was like, oh, I think about it. Then the next day. She bought packets of hair school to me. Like, hey, these are the hair schools that I was Googling online. Mm. And if you want, we could visit it each one by one to see which one you would like. Now, I said at that That's time, real. I, yeah, it's real. But at that time, I was bullshitting. You see what I'm saying? And then after that, I was like, you know what? I tried electric, uh, the uh, electrical apprentice thing. I tried the... Noah Community College, the Gids thing. Let, let's see if we could try this out. And, hey, bro, I loved it. Look where you at now. Yeah, look where I'm at right now. But at that time, I I, didn't, I couldn't see the future. Yeah, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Now, my older brother, he was a smart one in the family. Just imagine hearing everybody in family saying, your brother's smart, your brother's smart, your, your sister's smart, what's wrong with you? You start believing what's wrong with you. Maybe I am the eyeball. Of this family. You see what I'm saying? And then, you know, um, you know, like, soon I started realizing certain things of myself. And, you know, fast forward of my marriage, 
you know, um, my father told me something when I got married, like, hey, bro, uh, let me know if it's easy being with one wife. Because I always ask my father, like, yo, why did you cheat on mom? This and that and the third. And then now I'm married, I'm like, damn, this, this is not easy. There's a lot of temptation out there. Fast forward, and he told me, like, yo, bro, take it from me. Stay with one woman because I'm by myself. You see what I'm saying? So at that very moment, once I moved out of my mother's house, I was like, yo, um, learning from my father's mistakes, I have to understand my woman. And then um, I remember a conversation with my mother. She said, um, you know, I, I remember before I get to the conversation with my mother, I remember um, I, I said something to my wife. And I said, hey, mama, before we was married, she dumped me because I lied to her. Then my wife, my mother said, uh, yeah, I left your father because your father was a liar. So at that moment, I said, you know what? I have to keep it honest to my wife. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from there, the communication started. I got to keep it honest anywhere I go. Like, yo, boom, baby, I'm about to go here. Baby, this one I'm thinking about. What's your feedback on that? Even though, like, you know, how's your day? I used to give her, like, oh, my day was cool. She was like, yo, guys talk so simple. Uh, you have to get in depth in the conversation. Like, oh, how was really your day? I she trained me on actually open up with my heart, tell them like, yeah, no, same thing with my wife too. Because again, like you said, growing up and what we did, like it was always taught to us like, yeah, like you don't know these hoes. You gotta keep it real. You keep it rugged. You, know what I'm saying, don't they ain't nothing. You know what I mean? And really play this this whole macho man type of yeah. mentality that that doesn't work. And you look back at these dudes, you said they all running the streets solo by themselves with nothing to show for it. You know what I, I mean? Like, I feel like that comes into, once you leave the stoop, you see outside everybody. You know, we a product of environment. We watching videos mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. They gangster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you look out your window, they thugging too. So now you outside, like, my guy be tough. Just like these guys, I can't show them I'm weak. Because right. if I show them how I really feel, I'm a weak. Like, oh, he's soft. Listen. We could walk all over him. Listen, that's that's the biggest thing. Why, why I always shut down my wife, and I always start to say, "Why don't you open up?" So, listen, I don't want you to see me weak. Mm. If I'm supposed to be the foundation of the family, I cannot have any faults in me. I mm. can't crumble. I can't because what's that gonna make? Then that's gonna you gonna be like, "Damn, this nigga." Weak. I might go find somebody stronger or somebody who got mm. their shit together. So I can't expose myself to you in certain areas because I want to keep you. I need to keep this 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 macho man prosana. Mm-hmm. Alive as long as I can, even when I'm crumbling and, and, and I'm and I'm, and I'm breaking down. And like I said, it's playing nice. Like she go to bed, and I'm, I'm I go outside on the porch and I'm crying and yeah, depressed same, and same, miserable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like and going through all these feelings, wiping off my face, come back inside like ah, ah, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and 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 it took time. Like I said, it took a lot. You, when you find that real good woman, they help you, they train you to help you grow. That that's one of the biggest things. Like I said, when you find somebody who helps you grow, it helps you. Uh, I'm saying better yourself every single day. That's a good woman. That's a good person to be with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. You know, uh, I'm happy. I ain't dating no more. I'm happy. I'm so. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm married, <laughs> yeah, bro. Cause yeah. it's hard out here. You know what I'm saying? But you know, when you find a woman that is is, is great for you and understand you for you, mm-hmm. man, sky's the limit. It's, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and I want to touch back because that's another thing I got. Like, what we go about this is just. The importance of our fathers and stuff like that. So, for you and your dad, man, what was your relationship with your dad like? Uh, my relationship with my father, uh, it was great. Uh, he's a hardworking man, you know. I get that from him. 
But uh, my father, he was just a guy like um, he'll pick me up. You know, he was he was with my mother, and you know, he dibble dabble like an island man. You see what I'm saying? You know, it's my mom. He had uh, other kids, other places. But one thing I respect my by my father is he always helped his kids. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he will work two or three jobs. So I barely see my father. I always see my mother. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But um, his his worth ethic was great. Um, I didn't really know my father until like I want to say um, 24 years old because he was always working. You see what I'm saying? But my my relationship with my father was a great relationship. It always could have been better, you know. Like um, I feel like you know when your father, you doing everything you can do. You do everything that you need to do. Right. But it's always and it depends on the kid. You know, um, I wish my dad did this. I wish my dad did that. You know, just imagine if you had a father always came to your uh, baseball games, you know, and then the cheerleader father like, ah, ah, ah. now that kid might be like, man, my dad's embarrassing me. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? You always want what you don't have. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So my father was a, a dad that he always taught me hard work. Uh, he always spoke in parables. He never actually told you, oh, don't go here. He always say like, um, he always say like something like, uh, Hey man, I see you crying over a woman uh, tonight. When we, I want to talk to you about, and I'm gonna make you never cry over a woman again. And I'll talk about like, yo, you see this sack of rice? Take this grain of rice. That's you. And then the sack of rice is other people that you never met in this world. Why should you cry? He never tell you something direct. He was just speaking parables. All my uncles and you know, talk like that. I have a lot of great morals for my father. He's a great man. I wish he spoke a little bit more, but he's from the old school, you know? Like, he never told me anything. You see what I'm saying? But uh, Yeah, my dad never told me anything either. Like, that's one of the things like I always say, he, yeah, like I said, you wish that you had, I, was, I wish I had more heart-to-heart with my dad or things like yeah. that growing up. But my, my dad, we had a few and far between. There was moments when my, me and my dad would have a really deep heart-to-heart about certain stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it was just an amazing conversation. But mostly, man, I've learned so much from my dad just by watching his action and how he exactly. moves. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like watching what that's he doing, how he moves, you yeah. know, and, and not seeing certain, cause that's, that's one of the things like I said, when it came to uh, about being like, uh, like husband and wife, right? My mom and my dad would have wars. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they would go out. They used to get physical sometimes at some points. You know what I'm saying? Like they just, I remember one time my mom bust a cookie jar over his head and mm. it, 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 got, it got rough. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But the next morning, He'd wake up, her coffee would be right there on the little thing next to her. Yeah. He'd go clean up her car. They may not talk to each other, whatever, mm-hmm. but he was holding her down, you know? And my dad always told me, too, sometimes when we got into, like, a deep conversation, he had told me, you know, um, a long time ago, man, I, when I was talking to your, to your mom's mom, I told her I would always take care of her. Mm-hmm. I promised her that, and I will never break that promise, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's how I learned. That's what I said, like, when it comes to my wife, like, I told my wife, I don't care what we go through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I chose to be with you. Come hell or high water. Like, I'm going to be, we're going to work it out. We're yeah. going to fix it. We're going to do something. I'm going to be here in the morning. I might, we might shut each other out, whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm going to still take care of you. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, like, like you said, like, you know, I, I, I watched a lot of things from my father instead of conversation. Me visualizing everything my father did, like, yo, boom, he went to work. Um, that's why I work so hard right now. As I said to, my, I said to myself, yo, my dad worked two jobs to provide for the family. So I, my worth ethic came from him. You see what I'm saying? And uh, I didn't really have a lot of deep conversations 
uh, conversations with my father was almost like, uh, um, how was your day? Okay. It's like short spurts of conversations. But uh, one real conversation I have with my father is when he told me why I'm independent. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, I was 24 years old. I went to my father's house and was talking. And I told my dad, like, yo, you know, my dad worked seven days a week. And he caught a stroke. Mm. So now when he caught a stroke, I have time to talk to him. He slowed down. Right, you see right, what I'm saying? Right, right. So I talked to my father. At this time, I was working the, I was working as a security guard and working as a barber. And I asked my father, I said, hey, Dad, how do you feel about working seven days? And he said, yo, man, I don't suggest nobody work seven days. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how, work, how hard you work and how many hours you put in for the paycheck, the money never adds up. And it's never enough. I always say this, man. Even God took a day to rest. You heard you see what I'm saying? So after he said that, um, I took a day off. I was like, you know what? I'm going to work six days instead of seven days. You see what I'm saying? Now, instead of uh, working full-time as security, I quit that job, and I work part-time, and I work full-time as a barber. Then after as I t- continue to talk to my father, and my father said, the only reason why you're independent is because you're my father on land in Haiti. You see what I'm saying? And he used to sell uh, crops to the people in the city to make a living. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now my father worked as a taxi driver. That's independent also. You know, of course, he had to pay a certain amount of money at the end of the week to the company, but he controlled his own hours. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? So now he said that's why you are a barber and you control your own hours. It's part of the blood. So just imagine mm-hmm. why you, what your kids are going to do. Mm-hmm. And that was deep. And I know it's a light conversation, but I cried. You know, I got very emotional at that point because I said, damn, man, I'm really having a great conversation with my dad. Yeah. And it took so long to sit down with him to have this conversation. And that was the first conversation of many. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like, you know, like he worked two jobs. He was a chef and a taxi driver. But when he caught the stroke, it was a bad thing and a blessing at the same time. Now his kids could get to know him. And then, you know, he had a minor stroke, not a crazy stroke. But he decided to take some time off. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, definitely, man. It's important. And, and it's so – I and I think it's even more why I started doing this is really, like I said, with my son because um, it's, it's different. Right. It's different with a boy and a girl, mm. you know. Uh, like I always say, man, I'm teaching my daughter what to look for in a man. Mm. But I got to teach my son how to be a man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to do nothing but just look for certain calories and see things that check off. But I got to teach my son how to be a man. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think having more of those heart-to-hearts um, with my dad would have helped as well. Just, uh, you know what I'm saying, really have that better communication and, and be there on top of what he showed me. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he my, my, yeah, listen, my, my dad, nobody messed with me, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, even with my mom, like, there was a lot of times, too, like, with my mom, would and I and I realized this when I was older, my mom would take me away from the house to yell at me. <laughs> Why? Because my dad wouldn't have that shit. Like, you know what I'm what saying? You mean? Like, yo, like there's plenty of times like you know what I'm saying, like he would she, if she would yell at me in the house or whatever, cool. And then like I'm saying, I would I would leave it, go, go hang out with the fellas or whatever, and then I come back and I see my mom huffing and puffing, she's like, I can't get dad over here talking about I can't talk to you like this and do that, whatever. Like he would go in on her. Mm, you know what I understand saying? though. Um and and and, and even like well, like when I left the house, right? My mom had this thing. I would uh, 
always be out coming in late. You know what I'm saying? Like one, two, three o'clock morning, chilling with the fellas or whatever, stuff like that. And then my mom would have this habit, right? She'd come in, she had to work up at work for like five, six in the clock in the morning to go to work. And she just kick in my door and just start yelling at me. Mm. Like, oh, you didn't do the dishes and you came home and you left the cup in the sink and this, that, or didn't like whatever it was, it's like wake yeah, me up yeah, screaming yeah. at me. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, like none of this is registering. Like, I am like out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I can't, like, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and it's got to a point where I like, that's one of the reasons, like, why I just left the house. Like, why I ended up, like, I, with the way I moved out dirty, which yeah. I admit that. Like, I'm saying, like, it was, I told my mom, like, yeah, man, the moving truck's gonna be here tomorrow and I'm leaving. She's like, what? Oh, like, straight up, like, yeah, I got, I got a place Thanks, up in Bridgeport and I'm gone. You know, my dad was like so angry. I was like, it's because of you locking the door and yeah. screaming at him and this, that, or whatever. But, yeah, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, my dad didn't play that. Like, yeah, I don't know, you know, you know, um, the floor mines, Jeff D. Floormon, Ethamar, and then. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah, right, yeah. so they used to live on the app, right? Me mm-hmm. and Jeff D., man, that, that's my boy, man. But we used to get into a lot that's of a fights. Big family. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, they are, man. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen. So, th- this is one of the things that I always remember, like, my when my dad held me down, right? So, um, you know, me and Jeff D. was out playing outside one day, and we got to like three or four fights that day, right? And I, and in one fight, I'm like, I got him out. I beat the brakes off him, right? He ran mm-hmm. home and saying, I'm like, I'm like, yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm on top of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I go to the crib. Next thing I know, there's a knock on the front door. I come out with Jeff D and the whole family outside, Ooh. bro. Yo, the whole family yeah, in my front yard. Yo, listen. Oh, gosh. Listen. But I was like, listen, I was, I was like, what? Come on, man. I'll take it. I'm saying, I'm getting chest bow. I'm like, yeah, what's up? What's good? What's good? And they all scattered. I said, yeah, yeah, y'all ain't shit. And I turned around, my dad was standing in the doorway with a machete. <laughs> uh, you didn't even know he was back there. I didn't know there. he was back there. I didn't even he know. He said, I'm going to protect mine. Listen, they all just scattered. What they like, said, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. You think it's you, but it's your pops back there. You know what I'm saying? I, was like, yeah, I deflated. Oh, so I was like, oh, I was you're, like, like, oh, you're like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> then you turn around, you're like, ah, oh, it was him. Wow. You know what I mean? But that's but, love, though, yeah, man. Yeah. Nobody going to touch my son. Yeah, listen, listen, nobody, yeah. man, nobody. I remember, like, too, one time I was, um... But ain't that beautiful? Yeah. Even though you have short conversations with your dad, and you wonder if your father loves you, and then afterwards, you see his little things, and he's like, man, this man really do loves me. Listen. Yo, I remember, I remember, um, I was in high school, and I got baptized. And, um, I was doing a lot of crazy stuff. And I went to my father... And I told him, I was like, yo, Pops, I'm sorry everything I I did it that was disrespectful to you. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, I know I cursed you out. I asked you for a head up. I asked my dad for a head up. What kid didn't ask their parents for a head I up? I swung on my dad once. I I, I jabbed my dad in his face. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, it, it hit. It didn't, it didn't it, you didn't do it with all your strength. You just you went went it went hundred percent by the time it connected, it's at fifteen percent. You see what I'm saying? And then, um, you know what my father said? You do right, you my son. You do bad, you my son. I'm always going to love you. Mm. Man, I said, wow, bro. What type of love you got for me, bro? That's deep, man. Listen, my dad, and not so like that I had to question or anything like that, and I know I've told this story several times, man, but um, I had just got my license. Right? My dad was working at Costco mm. in Greenwich, right? So I just got my license. I'm all bold and stuff like that. And I would just always, I always pull up my pops. Like at work or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody, like me and my dad have a different relationship. I think I have mm-hmm. a, one of the strongest relationships than anybody with my dad. Because he would be up late night waiting for me. I would go visit him at his job. I will just go to the house. Even if we don't say nothing, like he would be at there. I would go to the house and just sit down in the living room with him. And we just watch TV. Won't say a word. Mm. Won't say a word. That's but a I great moment. There. 
just chill. When I'm like, all right, pops, I'm going to see you later. And that's it. But anyway, I went out to come my job. I was 16 years old or whatever. I wanted to go see him at, at his job, right? Now, mind you, mind you, my dad is white with green eyes, right? Mm-hmm. My biological is white with green eyes, right? Um, so I pulled up at his job over to Costco, and I'm like, yeah, hey, um, is Freddie here? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, hold on one second. And he, and he goes to the back to the garage. He's like, hey, Freddie, some nigger's here to see you. Listen, yo, the, I got said this all the time. The only reason my dad didn't catch what? a body because he did not want to see me kill a man. What? He was like, "Listen, you cut me open and I'm blacker than him." Yeah, I mean, he yeah. went in on him, man. I mean, called him all sorts of motherfucking. Listen, packed he didn't up his look two at your kiss. face and realized that's your dad. Listen, my dad packed his two. So he said, "Yo, fuck, I'm going," and he left. He quit right then and there, right then and there, yo. And I was like, "What?" Wow. But he was man. Whew. That's deep. Oof. So so. That's deep. No, there's just those moments, and and, and it's that like I said, those are the things that he taught me again, like again, how how to really treat your wife. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is, when it comes to an argument, stuff like that, be good to your neighbor. Because my dad was always good to everybody. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we lived in the ab, he, and when it comes to snow, he plot he shovel everybody everybody walkway. Everybody, mm. you know what I'm saying, and that's what I do to this day. Seeing things like that, you know, so those are the things that I picked up from him. For, for you, man, what do you think is is one of the most important things or the biggest things you learn from your dad? Be kind. You know, uh, my father is a very nice person. You see, what I'm saying uh, he had uh, mad jokes. His jokes would be X-rated. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, y'all don't think a kid should be hearing stuff like this, but you know, uh, he was X-rated jokes. Um, hardworking man. Um, but one thing I got to say is about being kind. He was nice to everybody he met, you know, super nice, uh, like kind. You see what I'm saying? And, um, that's the biggest thing I learned from him. But I realized later on that wasn't right. That wasn't the right way to go. You see what I'm saying? Because this world will eat you alive. Listen, this is this holler from my dad. Because my dad, right, he 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 will give you the shirt off his back. He he will. But at the same time, like my dad is a very big homebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't go anywhere, and he would come down, and he was very careful with who he associated with. Mm. Which I've always, you know what I'm saying, I've always just thought like, oh, my dad antisocial and stuff like that or whatever. But I got to learn him. He what I was learning is that he knew that not everybody was worth his time. Mm. I'm going. I'm going to keep it honest to you. I want to say my uncle taught me how to be more of a man than my father. How so? You know, I'm going. I'm, my father was a great father. Um, being from zero to eight years old, he's a guy that you want to go to McDonald's. You want to do this? Give you toys. Give you sneakers. He give you everything. Dad, let me get twenty dollars. He give it to you. He's a kind guy. Great guy. I don't take nothing from the man. I love the man to death. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm more learned from his mistakes. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I will. I wouldn't want to be like this, but I also love this from him, but I'm going to take this from him, and I'm never going to take this from him. Yep. But my uncle, on another hand, I had uncles. They was gangsters. Not in a negative way. Some of them in a negative way, but I want to speak about positive. I want an uncle, we call him Boss Dawn. You ever had an uncle where you look at him and shake you? You see what I'm saying? And he taught me how to be a man by watching him, speaking to him, and he's teaching me at the same time. 
You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to tell you how he taught me how to be a man. He told me all the time, when you look at somebody, you look them dead in their face. Let your yes be yes and your no's be no. If somebody comes to you over your crib, he opens your refrigerator trying to make a sandwich, you make sure you correct them that man right then and there and tell them straight up like, yo, what's up? If you want a sandwich, you let me know. Other than that, you sit in the living room. Let me know what you want. They'll never disrespect you again. You see what I'm saying? And um, when you talk to people in your house, speak to them and make sure it's firm. You feel me? I remember one time um, I was working in a barbershop, one of the early barbershops. I was like, yo, unk, I'm sick and tired of my coworkers. I sweep the floor. Uh, they don't sweep the floor. They talk jump on junk about me all day. I'm the nicest man because I'm learning this from my father. Be nice right, to right, everybody. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? Hey, how you guys doing? You see what I'm saying? You know what my uncle said? Straight up, shake everybody's hand. When you walk in here, look in the eye, shake their hand. Sweep up the floor. They might not do it today. They're going to do it someday because they learn it from a leader. You see what I'm saying? So now at the, at the end of the day, these dudes talk junk about you. You come to work. You're not here to be nobody's friends. You got to feed your family. You see what I'm saying? And even though you know they talk junk about you, this is this is some tough stuff you got to take. You feel me? Swallow your pride. Leave and shake the hand again. You know what's so crazy? When I left that barbershop, dude said to me, yo, Iceman, I'm so sorry how I treated you. He was a great man. You feel me? Yeah. My, yeah. Uncle's a, my uncle taught me how to be a man. More than the father. My father was great for childhood, but my uncle was great for manhood. And I think it, it, like, and that's why I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge believer, man, in the saying it takes a village. It takes a village. Bro. Yeah, I'm saying because the uh, same thing with my uncle, my uncle Robert, man, and he, he was he he did so many things to me, man. It, it is crazy, man. Like I, I remember sometimes, like my, my dad never took me to school. Mm. Right, never took me to school, never been to my graduations, concert, choir, plays, nothing, nothing. Because again, mm. that was just my dad. Now, my my uncle Robert, man, you know, I remember one time early on, man, I was like, man, I wish he was my dad, man, because like you know, I mean, we just had yeah. some bonds. So I remember one time, man, he, he would take me, he, he took me to school one time in elementary school, my uh, dropped me off, and we sat down in the cafeteria because it was early, man. We we had breakfast together, and we just had a conversation. I remember it was so funny because I went, I got cocoa puffs, man. Um, and uh, they didn't have no, they didn't have uh, regular milk. They had chocolate milk. Mm. And I was like so upset. I'm like, man, how am I going to eat this? And I said, like, take the chocolate milk, just put it on there. So, I mean, it's going to turn chocolate anyway. Like I wasn't, right, 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 right. you know, and we sat down and that, that was one, 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 a great breakfast that I had with him, man. But the thing with him too is that he was always in and out of jail. Mm. Right. Um, and, and one time he was in jail, was graduating from, from a uh, fifth grade. Um, and he was locked up at one time, man. And, um, my mom came home with this big old package, right? And she was like, yeah, yo, your uncle was working, and he, he got this for you. Mm. So I'm saying he was uh. working, and he got me from, like, he got me a gift from jail. It was a Super Soaker 2000, bro. Mm. I was the baddest man in the block with that bad boy, man. And I thought it was like, he's in jail, man. Mm-hmm. And he made sure that he got me a graduation gift for fifth grade. That's love, bro. You know what I mean? I, don't, I had an uncle that was locked up. I was an electrical apprentice, and I almost lost my job. And I told him my only reason why I don't, I don't got the job anymore. And he was doing 13 years at that time. He, well, he, his bid was 13 years long. And he used to call me all the time. And, uh, you know, he, he he wired money from jail to my aunt in Florida to give it to me to get a license, a driver's license. 
And then he called me back. He's like, yo, you got that? And I said, yeah, man. How did you, how did, how did you work? And how you getting? He said, mind your business. Get that job. <laughs> and, you know, and, yo, man, it do take a village, man. There's little things in life, you know. I realize when you get older, it's not the fancy things that you got in your life. It's the little things in life helps you become the greater person tomorrow. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy, man. All these things that, that, and I'm glad things that happen one way and seeing how things with my family and how we are, because that's another thing that I showed me that, especially my mom's side of the family is that we love, we, I call it aggressive love. Like mm. we just really aggressive with how we love each other. I mean, like we just grab you up and saying kiss you. Like I mean, like it's really, really rough and aggressive, man. It's like a lot of like kisses, that. hugs. Yeah, and... man, it's just rough. Like mm-hmm. it's just grab you. Like it, it's it's intense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's how I am with my daughter. My daughter, like, my mom, and my mom loves it. My mom loves it because that's how they how they taught us, man. But they always just taught us how much they love our love. family. But this is how I know because like like my um. So my uncle Robert, man, this this dude been through everything, man. He 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 crazy. Shout out to Uncle Robert. Shout out to Uncle Robert. Shout out to Uncle Robert. He sound real. He he real. Listen, right. So he was like, um, before I get back to this other story, right. Um, so when I was getting married, you know, my 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 cousin, my cousin Stephanie threw me a bachelor party. His daughter. Mm. Yeah, me and her, we were close, man. And um, my uncle Robert was there, whatever. And we was outside, and we was playing crazy eights. Now he's been in and out of jail constantly. Like he, he does he know that's what that's what he knows, right? So we sitting there playing crazy eights and stuff like that. And um, I turned, I was like, "Oh, yo, man!" Like it's your, it, I told my boy, I was like, "Yo, it's your go." My uncle was like, "Shut up! Don't tell him nothing, man. He don't know it's his turn. He don't know it's his turn." I'm like, "Bro, yeah, we're like, scared. yeah, yeah." I was like, "Let's." <laughs> like, I was like, "Yo, where the shit at? Let me just slide up over here." This bit is coming out now. <laughs> You know what I mean? But, like, that that's... He taught me that rough stuff, like, about how oh, to be yeah. a man, like, that part. You know what I'm saying? Like, how to just really Keep defend yourself. straight. Yeah. He ain't play that shit. But I... Yo, listen, man. I'm telling you, my uncle was a real one. Yo, when he came in the room, it was, like, military style. My boy walk in, everybody stood up to shake his hand. You see what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, I'm around to my uncle. I'm like, yo, uncle, yo... How can I get the power that you have? He said, man, keep watching me. You feel me? I didn't understand until he passed away. Mm. You feel me? And, man, I think he messed me up bad, man. You see what I'm saying? But every time I do something in my life right now, you know what I say? What my uncle will do. Let's do that. I had a second daughter. My first daughter, my uncle came to my house. and My daughter didn't stop crying. I was like, yo, uncle, man. My daughter is not, it's not, I don't know. She don't cry. She, she not stopped crying, right? And he was like, yo, um, where you where you laying her down at? You know, um, I don't know what that is. You know, when you put the baby in the thing and it and it swings left yeah, and right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm swinging the bassinet. Yeah, the bassinet. Thank you, man. You know I'm Haitian and stuff like that. <laughs> so I put her in the bassinet. He pick up the bassinet. He said, that's why she won't stop crying. The bassinet is not comfortable. I said, all right, man. You know, it's the bassinet. He took her diapers, bro. He took the comforter out. He put the diapers behind it, and he put my baby in it. My daughter stopped crying, bro. And he said, you see, you see, what do you call me? He's like, you see, papi, this is what you got to do, man. He fed my daughter, man. And um, when my second daughter came, and I said, yo, uncle, man, I wish you was here to hold my second daughter. You feel me? And, um, yo, I'm, I'm proud of my uncle. He, Made me a great man, you know. 
Shout out to Unc, man. Shout yeah, out to, shout out to my boy. Um, and, and on that, like I said, about being kids and ha- having your second kid and all that stuff. Um, for you, man, what do you think has been has been the toughest part of being a parent, man, or raising the your toughest right part being a parent? I'm going to honestly tell you, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Even though I'm present there with my wife, I'm talking to my wife. Um, I'm going outside, uh, making an honest living, and coming home, take care of my daughter. I still feel like I don't do enough. The reason why I compare myself to my wife, you see what I'm saying? And I see how my uh, daughter plays with my wife, like, you know, the conversation they have. And I'm like, damn, man, you know, I want to have the relationship. I don't have the uh, the mindset to have that, like, you know, like, you know, it's like it's little toys they play, like, you know, girls know, you know, like, oh, Barbie and they fantasy uh, uh, goes or like the imagination goes uh, elsewhere. And I wish I had that imagination like my wife, you know, or um, I say like, um, you know, I wish I could provide more for my wife. I wish I could provide more for my daughter. And I constantly tell my my wife, you know, I'm like, hey, babe, you think I'm a great husband? You think I'm a great father? She tells me like, oh, you're a great father. You're not like no other. But how would you know, you know, I'm your only husband? Right. You right, see what right. I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I don't do enough for my kids but I'm doing everything I can do. But that keeps me pushing forward to be more for my kids. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and listen, I attest to that too, man. With, with my daughter, I've been blessed, and, I, and I, I'm so thankful to my wife because because my dad wasn't that involved with me, you know what I'm saying, growing up. Like, I, I learned how to ride a bike from the dude next-door neighbor, Joey. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So he the one that taught me how to ride a bike and all these other things. So I was, I'm, I'm determined to be anything and everything I can for my kids. Yeah. So I'm so lucky and blessed that I get to be a stay-at-home dad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I get to be home. I got my T-shirt business. I do the podcast thing, you know what I'm saying, and all those stuff. And even at that, like, I tell my wife, like, I'm like, I still don't feel like I'm doing enough. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. I'm teaching my daughter. I taught my daughter how to count in Spanish, how to know her ABCs or sounds or letters, mm. all that stuff. You know what I mean? I'm there. But you, uh, I still constantly doubt myself. Like, right, you right, know, right. like, what else can I do? What else should what I else be doing? do, right? Like me, it's like I work twelve hours, and and now I'm I used to work from like seven, like six a.m. to like eleven o'clock at night. So my wife got pregnant. I said, "Yo, babe, I'm about to go hard," because at the end of the day, I'm like, "Yo, my wife's getting my wife's bring my wife's pregnant. I have to provide for my kid." Right, you know what I'm right. saying? So I went I went to work from six a.m. to eleven, sometimes one a.m. Just stacking. You know what I'm saying? So my for nine months straight. I was going crazy. You see what I'm saying? So my daughter came. I said, you know what? My daughter's here. I'm going to leave work every day at 7 now. You see what I'm saying? And then when my daughter came, I was like, man, I can't come to work at 6 a.m. anymore. I have to scroll back to 9 because now I have a family. Right, it's right. different. Some some people won't, won't understand that. It's like, what can you do for me right now? You know, I gave you all of me. I gave the world all of me as a barber. Now I'm going to give you all of me as a barber from my father's point of view. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, like, um, you know, I like, you know, I feel like I work so many hours. Uh, now I'm like, damn, I want to be here for my kids and, and, and spend time with my kids. So now I'm focused on what can I do outside of barbering because throw me back from barbering. That will bring me more time with my kids instead of keeping weight me away from my kids. You see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Now, that's that's just the ultimate goal, man. You, you know, it, it's 
and that's part, part like I said, why why I'm so determined to to again get my t shirt business going and do all these things because I want to be in control of my own time. Mm. Yeah, you know I'm saying like I've learned that too. Like going through we're working in a corporate world for so long, um, and, and seeing again like you got to be here, you got to do this or whatever, and then you got to sacrifice your family, mm. and and for what? Like you said, you know what I mean? Like at the, at the drop of the dime, they're gonna place with somebody else. You know what I mean? Like or or whatever because. They were they worried about them, right? You know, and, and and I was like that, you know, for a long time for for a company. And I was there, like you know, like I, I'm worried about what I could do for them, you know. And then when I had my daughter and stuff, I was like, you know, I, I can't do this no more. Like she need me. This is right. where my, where right. my priorities is at, mm-hmm. you know. And and, and and no matter what it is, I'm gonna figure it out. And 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 being with my wife too, and having that that support system and a great somebody to to, to back you up, like hey, we a team, we can get through anything. I don't care what the world throws at us. We can get through anything. You mm-hmm. know, we work together. We support each other. We here, but our family got to come first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why I'm like so lucky and blessed to be able to do these things and be able to stay home with my kids and, and really take care of them. And, and, and it's a blessing, man. Like if when, when you were dad, man, and then you become that, it's everything you do is not about you anymore. It's not about you. Uh, I remember, um, everything you do is a consequence, bro. I remember, um, I worked in a shop, and I got, and my wife, my wife is a, a nurse, and she's a respiratory therapist. Uh, I remember one night, my wife was doing an overnight. She was like, hey, babe, when you get off of work, uh, I want you to go pick up our daughter at my mother's house. No, from my mother's house, and um, bring her to her mother's house, and leave her there. So I, I was at work from, uh, say, like 9 a.m., and I got off at 10 p.m. And then my wife said, I want you to pick up our daughter from your mother's house and bring her um her mother's house. Then you could go home and sleep, rest up, so you could go to work the next day. Then I said, and I got home. I said, all right, cool, I got you. I got home, took a shower. Because I took a shower because I have a lot of hair on me from cutting other people's hair right, all day. Right. And when I got home, I said, damn, this is what America's like. You know, working hard and you're not seeing your family. So I called my wife back. I said, yo, listen, babe. I'm out there pick my daughter up, our daughter, at my mom's house and bring her to our house to spend some time with her. You know what I'm saying? So I picked my daughter at like 1030 and I spent time with my daughter and she went to sleep. I, I let my little daughter go to sleep at 1 a.m. just for her to see her father. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up at 7 a.m. to bring my daughter to um, my mother-in-law house by 9. You see what I'm saying? You know, I have to prepare a lot of stuff, you know, food, clothes. Yeah, 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 you know? of course, of course. And then, and then, and then I, that's when I went back home. I said, yo, bump all that. I'm going to make sure I leave that barbershop every day at 7 p.m. now. You see what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, like I said, you know, you know, coming from an island family, my father's favorite word is like only in America. You see what I'm saying? Only in America, you could, you're going to kill yourself working all day, and then you get home, you barely could talk to your wife or kids because you passed out on the couch. Even though I'm independent, I make my own hours. You know what I mean? And in my mind, is like, get it. But in reality, I'm getting it, but my family's not getting me. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Listen, man, I, and it was so emotional, man, one time man, with, with my daughter and for, for my wife because my wife is getting ready to go to work, right? 
she's getting ready to leave. My daughter's like, you know, mom, stay home with us. Come play, whatever. She was like, what are you doing? She's like, well, my wife says, so you know, I got to go to work so I can get this money so I could buy you things or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's I got I to go to work to take care of the family and do these things. And then my daughter got out of the bed and she ran over. She got her piggy bank with all her uh, two fairy money. Was like, mommy, I got some money. Why don't you just stay home from work? Oh, that's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's, that's, that's what I'm training my kids to be, man. I, I need them to understand to be good people, mm. you know, to understand, to love people, to be caring, to be nice, you know, to, to, to be for yourself because that, that, that's one of the biggest things with my wife. Cause me and my wife are total opposites. Right. And like you said about your dad and all that stuff, being too kind and being so nice or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I knew that was, that's me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an extremely nice person. You know what I mean? Like I try to help out anybody or whatever and stuff like that. And, my wife helped me learn my limit, you know, where to really cut people off and stuff before to really look after myself. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I said, you know, like, I, I can't wait to have kids with this woman because from my side, they're going to get how to be a good people. But for my wife, they're going to learn how to put down and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stop people in their track and be assertive and really take care of themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So, so it, it, it's, it's, again, it goes back to it takes a village and all these people that really, really help you teach and raise your kids and, and, and yourself at all mm-hmm. the time, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, my uncle told me, like, uh, don't let nobody play with your face. You see what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, like, you have to be firm from the beginning so people don't play you. I had a good friend. Uh, his name is Ricardo Georges. Uh, and he told me, like, yo, Ice, you too nice. And um, we just, before I go to work, I used to smoke weed with him. You know, at that time, you know, um, as a barber, you're a therapist. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you're a therapist to everybody who's your therapist. You right, know, right, and then, right. um, Ricardo, he was my therapist. And he said, yo, bro, you know, when we chill in the hood, man, people's using you, you know, because you you too nice. You have to practice saying no. And I was like, nah, you bugging. Like, yo, but people's loving me because I'm me. You feel me? I'm, 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 I'm playing my role. He was like, yo, bro, you know, being too nice, you look stupid. You see what I'm saying? I was like, damn. And I remember we went to Sue's Rendezvous and I bought some bottles. You know, some hookah, some bottles and all that. And um, he was like, Iceman, where's your bottles? I said, man, it's over there in the section. He said, yo, bro, people's going to drink your bottles. Go get your bottles and hear your cup. And when anybody asks you to take drinks out of your bottle, say no. And I was like, damn, man, why why I got to act like that? You know what I'm saying? He said, man, bro, man, don't let nobody play with your face. You feel me? And then, and then from there, I was like, nah. And then every morning... Every even even right now, every morning, Ricky taught me how to say no. So while I'm brushing my teeth, um, or you know, washing my face, preparing myself to get to um, go to work, I I will um ask myself questions clowns will ask me. Your Iceman, can I get a free haircut? No. Your Iceman, I don't have enough money for this. Can you reduce it? No. You see what I'm saying? Because I notice when you firm, people love firm people. People disrespect nice people. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I I noticed that in this world. You feel me? Like, um, just imagine, like, um, you the guy that always help people all the time. You feel me? Everybody expects you to right. help everybody. Yep. But the dude in the family that never helped nobody, they never disrespect that man. They love that man more and beyond. You see what I'm saying? But the day you say no. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell break loose. Fuck that hell. And you see what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, bro. Now I'm sitting here questioning myself. Yo, am I wrong? 
why this dude acting like this? I gave the shirt off my back to this dude, and he's disrespecting me. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Like, once you learn the power of no, bro, it's a beautiful thing, man. It'll be Listen, I, I remember one time, man, because I was that dude. Like I said, I'm, I was the only one that had the whip, had the license, mm. had all those things and stuff like that. I remember... um. Life is good for a lot of your friends. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and I, listen, I, I knew my boys who was there for me. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, I could, listen, it was Mish. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mish, I know Mish is the first my grade. Gosh. That's my dude. You know what I'm saying? Ugly nigga. That's, that's my swing. <laughs> that's nah, my swing. Not. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Mikey, mm-hmm. Randy, and my boy mm-hmm. JR. You know what I'm Yo, saying? Who was listen. with it all the time. You know what I mean? Mikey. I got a story for you about Mikey. We got stories. Listen, I got a story. I don't want to go Mikey. too deep. Listen, listen. But Mikey, I knew, yo, it's so funny about Mikey. I knew Mikey since elementary school. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But we got older, we got separated. You know, life life happens like that. But that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know what's so crazy? Your friends is my boys. We all know each other. Yeah, yeah. You see know what I'm saying? Even though we don't talk to each other, but we when we see each other, it's like we we rekindle like, yo, what's up, my guy? Wow. You know what I mean? And no, those are people who gotta stay true, man. But but Mikey, man, listen, Mikey has been. They used to call us Bacardi and Cola, man, because me and Mikey was get all the time, man. So I, like I said, I was going with the license. <laughs> That's a dangerous combination. Yeah, it is. <laughs> listen, like so, I, you know, I always had to. I was driving away, and I, I'm I'm not big of a drinker like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I seen a lot of my family. I'm not I'm not crazy on drinking. Mm. You know what I mean? But we used to go. To, we went to this house party one night, right? And um, I was like, yeah, I'll be Desi Dave, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got go over there, do what you got to do, but I'll be Desi Dave. I'll take everybody home, you know? Oh, okay. So um, they was all getting drinks, but they were, what they was doing, right, they go make themselves, they make two drinks, one for them, and then one they brought back to the car mm. and stashed. So by the time I got home, I had a whole bunch of drinks hold and on, liquor on, for on, me to drink. Oh, they'll look out for you. Yeah. Okay. So, I so got you. yeah. So, I got they, you. you know what I'm saying? So, they they make themselves That's a lot two of drinks. drinks. They bought to the car, right? And I had a van, so you know, I had a bunch of cup holders yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, they would, so whatever. So, I don't think I party. met you with the van. I think I met you with the Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, whatever. I had the van and stuff. And then I, I got back to the Ave. It was like, oh, yo, Fred, we back on the Ave, man. Now you can get lit. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? Now you can get lit. So, I sat down on my porch and they passed me the first cup, right? And then um, one of the dudes on the block, he, he lived on, on over on. um. And the V, right? So he came by. He was like, it was like one, two o'clock in the morning. He was like, "Yo, Fred, yo, can can you give me a ride to the V?" You know what I'm saying? Like, can you? And of course, I'm a nice guy. And I was like, and I was just about to say yeah. And then Mikey stepped in the way. He said, "No, mm. no, he Desi Dave. He getting drunk right now. You gonna have to walk." Mm. And he was like, "Word, Fred." So you heard the man. Ah, <laughs> I said, "You heard the man." I ain't gonna argue with you him. You know, so crazy. You know, <laughs> let's keep it honest, right? You always have a friend that um you always have a friend that tells people what you wanted to say. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But maybe you was timid They're like, man, I, I don't fuck no. Yeah, listen, listen. You see what I'm saying? And in the town in the in Stanford, Stanford, Connecticut, you can walk everywhere, bro. The V from Con Ave is not that far. It's not. It's not that far. I mean, if you walk, I'm yelling, I'm sorry. If you walk in, <laughs> it looks far. But once you start trooping, it ain't far, bro. Come on, you you cut through the park. Yeah. Once you get up to up, um, Westover Park, you cut through the Westover Park, you walk to the back route, you you walk up those staircase, you halfway there, bro. Yeah. West Avenue, soon you get to the gas station, you home. Yeah, and, and I'll never get that, man. Mikey shut that man down. Mm. And I was like, you know what? And that's where you start realizing, you know, who the real ones. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who the real ones. You shout know, out to Mikey, man. Yeah, shout out to Mikey. That's, that's my dude, man. I mean, Yo, I'm you know what's so crazy? Me and Mikey, uh, 
got kicked out of Stone Metal, <laughs> right? And start going to Star School. That's my guy. That's my yeah, guy. Yeah, nah, nah. My, Mikey's a G, man. Mikey's a G, man. I um, love Mikey. Yo, let me ask you a question, yo. What's up? So, how do you feel about confidence? When do you feel like you gained your confidence? Man, it, it, it took me a long time mm. to gain my confidence. I'll admit that, man. It's it's a, and that's that's like I said, one of the big reasons why I'm doing this because I was I was I was very um uneasy with who I was and trying to fit in in all the wrong places, you know mm. what I'm saying? Trying to please everybody and all those things. Um but it wasn't really as I started to understand more and more when I hung out with those core group of people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like Mish, Mike, Randy, Jay knows and stuff like that, where I really was myself and I was able to be who I wanted to be and they loved me for it. You know what I mean? Like I, I was listen. Mike, that's what I said. When I moved out, like I said, from one day to the next, Mikey moved in with me. Me and Mikey moved out together, right? Mm. And, 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 and <laughs> I was a crazy dude. Well, I mean, I I can get crazy if I need to be. Yeah. But um, every morning I would wake up like I, Mikey would leave his door unlocked, right? So I used to go into his room with a pillow and I put over his face. I'm like, what? He's like, yo, yo. I'm like, you want some pancakes? <laughs> I'm not living with you, bro. <laughs> listen, listen. One time he did that, like he locked his door, right? But we had like this little roof with a window out, so I got I was able to you go out through this window, window, and I walked to the other side, came into the room, right? And I was like, uh, mm. "You locked some- the door on <laughs> me!" <laughs> and so d- then he started sleeping with a knife about like this big oh. under his bed. So one night I went in there, he was like, Shring! I said, "You know what? I'm gonna leave you alone, Mikey." Yeah. But I'm making some breakfast. You can like, get. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about an egg sandwich? What you gonna do? That's crazy. You know what I mean? So, so really, shout out to that man. But um, to that confidence thing, man, it took me a while to really um, establish that. Uh, and I think even more so, man, what really, really helped me too is with my wife. Like mm-hmm. I said, my wife really helped and grow me, and, and really taught me when, when to say no, when to put myself first. Mm-hmm. You know, when to take action. You know, when to be bold and stuff like that, and really be who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so now. Like I said, thanks, thanks to my wife and all those things where I really, really can say that I've learned how to be confident, you know, when and where, when to be kind, when to help people, when to say no. Um, and then sometimes I even check with her, man, you know what I mean? Like, I remember one time um, we went to um, a Bye Bye Baby in Porchester, right? Mm. And I seen this lady with a flat tire, and she was, like, bugging out or whatever, stuff like that. And it's just it's in my instance, man. I, and she knows me, it's my nature, man. If people, I, if I can help somebody, I'm going to help them. You know what I mean? Like, but I had to check myself. So I was like, looked at my wife. I said, babe, like, you know, she got a flat tire. I mean, you think I should help her? Like, it's okay. She look, go, go see if she needs some help. help her out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she, she needs some help. And I asked her, she like, you know, she said, no, no, my husband's on the way and stuff like that or whatever. But I had to learn. And if I'm not sure, I check in with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I ain't too, if I ain't in a position sure, I check in with her. And, and, and that's kind of like my, my moral or my confidence compass. Uh, when I need to, or when I'm not, when I'm not 100 percent positive, what to do, mm. um, and that's why I says you know when you find that good woman and stuff like that. Like you said, me and her joke around the time. I see people too, like trying to date, or we would go out on date night. I love going on date night with my wife, yeah, because we kind of like eye around a restaurant and we could see like who on their first date or who this that yeah. or whatever out there is going. I was like, oh you man, that, that nigga bombing over there. Oh my, what is he doing? Like yeah. this dude, man. I seen this one dude we was hanging because he's seen it like oh trying to be all flashy and all this stuff, and I'm like. God, that's pathetic, bro. Like, yeah. I'm glad I don't got to do that shit no more. Be yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So. I'm going to say, like, uh, I had I had no confidence growing up. I ain't going to lie to you. Really? Yeah, yeah I ain't going to really? lie to you. Listen. I, I say the same thing about you, bro. Every time I came around you, you had mad confidence. And to hear this, 
you had no confidence coming up. I'm like, that's crazy. But see, every time you saw me, I was probably around Mish. You was around people. And Mish, he king confident. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. nigga 500 pounds dancing bachata. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's my guy. Listen. He ain't 500 pounds. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know, when you're younger, you always look like, this dude is way bigger than me. You see what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you know, he, he only like 240. You feel me? That's my guy. Yeah. I love Mish, man. I love Mish to death. I got, like I said, well, there's a sin. I would, I can put on false confidence. I was always, always jealous of Mitch. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch is something else, man. I was jealous else. of Mitch because <laughs> I don't know how to dance. You know what I'm saying? And and this dude taught like like merengue class, and and you got your boy over here don't know how to dance, and why you gonna teach him how to dance? That's crazy, bro. He's shady, man. I remember. Come on, man. That's why he looked like a Mitchell-less tire. <laughs> so- <laughs> So I, I, I know I know you know Allen. I love my nigga, my boy Allen, Hurricane Allen. Yes, yeah, you know I'm saying yes, so. Yes. I, I'm and I love this story because I this is the best story that I have with this dude, man. Yo, hold on for the record, I could talk smack about Mitch. That's my guy. Yeah, listen, I don't mean no harm. When me and this dude pick up the phone, we hang on each other first, and then we continue the conversation. It's a relationship that me and Mitch have, man. Listen, I thought that's I love that man. man. Like, like they said, like I, you know how he be going MIA sometimes. You be trying to find him. So I, yeah, so yeah. so I called him one time because like, he's trying recently. to get focused. Yeah, I, I called him recently, right? And um, he went to voicemail. I was like, uh, "Yeah, hi, um, I'm calling the Norwalk Police Department. I want to file a, a missing persons report. Um, he's about six one, six two, uh, two hundred fifty pounds of Haitian descent. Um, you know, I, Fred, I don't know where crazy, he is. Fred. I, I, I call him. Or another time, I police went, department. Listen, another time, right? When he was working at finish line. He was assistant manager there, and yeah, I pulled up. Yeah. I guess he was in the back, and one of his workers was there. And I was like, yeah, hi, is uh, is, is Michelet Desraw here? And it was like, they, they got nervous. And I was like, oh, I'm about to get this dude right here. Yeah. And it was like, um, uh, who's looking for him? I said, listen, I'm with INS, and I need Ooh. to know if he's here because he's going to get deported. And if you don't say anything, you're evading a felon, okay? <laughs> so you need to tell me if Mish is in the back right now. And somebody at the job? You did that yeah. to somebody at the job? Yo, the, the person. That, I was in person, yo. I was there. I showed up, and he was like, wait a minute. You was in person <laughs> did this? <laughs> Nah, yeah. what happened? So then Mitch come out the back, and I was like, I was like, yo, Mitch, and the dude was shitting bricks. You know what I'm saying? And I told him, I was like, man, don't listen to this fool, man. This dude's an idiot, man. <laughs> nah, Fred, you didn't do that, man. Ask him. Ask yo, him. Listen. Fab, you bugging. Yeah, listen, listen. I, I mess around with that dude, man. But, nah, um, but at, at the confidence thing, I had no confidence coming up, man. Because, you know, uh, I like, my brother is a smart guy. My sister is a smart dude. And, you know, I thought I was a dumb one in the family, so I always thought I was stupid. You see what I'm saying? So I had a lack of confidence on that. And I didn't gain my confidence until um, I went to hair school and I bumped into Miss Minnie. And then she was like, yo, son, like, you very smart. And I was like, nah, you think I'm smart? She's like, yo, look at your grades. You're getting, like, 90s. I know hair school, a lot of people's like, oh, hair school. But, you know, hair school is like you you learn about anatomy, physiology, uh, the layers of the skin, the layers of the hair. You know, but, uh, you know, I guess, you know, once you find something that you really love, you you put your full all attention into it. Yeah, and then, yeah. and, you know, I was always, a, you know, coming up, I was joking around. But me joking around, I was hiding my real self. Yeah, that, that was you me know? too. That so, was me too, man. You know, and then being around, Mitch, Mitch helped me uh, build my confidence. I remember a lot of times Mitch pulled me to the side like, yo, bro. You need to stop doing this and start doing this, you know. And even you know, even uh, hanging out, hanging out in Merle Live, you know, hanging out in Merle Live, you know, people hanging on you all day. 
you know. You got to get a tough skin real quick. You got to get a tough skin. But I think, you know, when you realize you you raising them in a, in a, in a, in a Haitian household, you getting hanged on by your parents, bro. You see what I'm saying? So when we go outside, like, man, my parents hang on me all day. Then you go outside, people hanging on you. So now you're like, man, I'm not fast with the flaming. So now, you know, now you're watching TV. You're like, man, I'm about to get these dudes outside. I ain't going out like that. So now, soon I start hanging back. And I want, I, honestly, I only want a one hang battle. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Out of 13 years I lived in the projects, I want one hang battle. But I loved it. I said, I'm running with it. But being in the hood helps you build confidence, too. Even though you don't have much, but you know, you're like you with your peers, you're like, boom, 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 boom. You know, you build confidence. But I, I build confidence, I want to say, like, you know, when I was in hair school, I built my confidence. And then, you know, um, my uncle and reading, uh, I read a book called um, The Way of a Superior Man. I look into that. Bro, it's a great book. Don't let wifey find it. I'm telling you, like, uh, it helped me. It helped me uh, become a great man. And it's so crazy. I read that book um, when my wife was pregnant, right? And um, and soon when my wife became pregnant, I was like, damn, man, I'm about to have a daughter. Uh, I don't even, you know, I know what a being a man is from from um, my peers, my uncle and my father. And, you know, my brother also. My brother helped me become a man also. I ain't going to lie to you. And, uh, and he's only one year older than me, but uh, he helped me. So once I read this book, I said, damn, I'm about to become a, a father. I need to learn how to become a real man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I read a Steve Harvey book, too, also. And all this stuff, like, helped me. And once I read it, I was like, damn, man. You got to read, then, uh, if you into that, man, this book that really helped me grow up, uh, learn and push me to this, too, is Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson. Mm, Cry Like a Man. Yeah. He just got another book I got to get into that. It's called um, Battle Cry, man. But um, definitely got to read that book. It's an I'm amazing, amazing book. Cry Like a Man. Um, um, but but I want to get back to that, Alan. So before we wrap, because we got we wind it down, man. But um, um, figures would make it. But uh, yeah, me and Alan, I don't know what how how it came to be about me. One time he was like, "Yo, just just come to my house. We are gonna watch." Um, uh, it was a uh, Tom Cruise. He was a ninja. I forgot what it's called. The Last Samurai. The Last oh, Samurai. Yeah, that was right? fire. He was like, "Yo, come see this movie with me at my crib." And I was like, "All right." It was the first time I ever went to Alan. I was just me and Alan sitting for the first time ever because it's always like mission stuff. But I was like, "All right, cool. We cool people, so we go over there, right?" So now it was like almost um, like 12 o'clock, 12.30, was 1 in the morning, right? And he was just like, damn, we mad hungry, man. So we go outside, and, um, you know, we were over there, or Merle, and we looked down the little, little community room, and there was a party going on, they was playing some Spanish music. Mm-hmm. I looked at him, I said, yo, Alan, come with me. He was like, what you mean? I said, just Dancing come with me, come Alan. with me, come with me. He was like, all right, cool. So we get downstairs, right? I said, listen, follow my lead, all right? Mm. Just follow my lead. We about to get something to eat. I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, we walk in there. Wait a minute. And it was, it was a space. I was like, hey, primo, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? You know nobody in there? I know nobody at the party, bro. I ain't know not a soul, man. But I went right to the back. He picked up a plate. He picked up a plate. He want some coke. I was like, yeah, let me get some coke. So we danced our way right out the front door. We went back upstairs. Yo, that's wild. Talking about party bombs. I said, listen, we got some food, though. We got some food. That community room was popping. There's some legendary popping parties happening over there, man. Oh, man. But, um, um, I mean, this is just a Great conversations going down. We're gonna have to come back for a part two, but but I want to wind down, and I got two last questions for you Talk man, before we let us. this go. So number one, right for you, what do you think has been the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was, uh, damn, there's so many advices. Uh, 
how I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's I'm going to say uh, only in America by my dad. You know, like uh, and this is it's a little joke. You know, um, you know, certain things happen only in America. Like yo, only in America this will happen. You know what I mean? Uh, that's one of the best advice I've ever had. I don't know. It's a lot of vices. I can't even like explain. You know, like my uncle saying, "Don't trust uh, plastic." You know, like uh, we was fixing something. We was fixing something in this house, and then um, as we fixed it, and I said, "Uncle, let me get this plastic piece. This plastic piece going to hold uh, this thing together." He's like, "All right, cool. Don't trust plastic." But and that was his way of like, "Don't trust condoms." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know, uh. Just, just be strong as a man, you know. Like, I don't know. I don't. This is so well, many. Well, not just said it like you said. Like, don't trust plastic, man. One of the, one of the, um, and I think one of the most important things that we got to really teach our young generation is how to be financially smart. Facts. You know what I mean? How to really understand money. Facts. Right? So one thing that my dad has always told me, man, growing up, he was like, if you can't pay for it in cash, you don't yeah. need it. Yo, my dad told me something too. He said, "Yo, if you don't have no money, don't go outside. Stay your ass inside." You see what I'm saying? But financial, financial um, advice is very good. I learned that um, um, at 24 in my life. You know, I was I was really fucked up, and uh, I was working security guard, and I'm working outside um, doing traffic duty at um, Shoprite. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about every every season. I felt. And then I'm working all these checks, and I said to myself, like, damn, man, I don't have no money saved. I got to change my life. But, yo, going back to the um, the questions you asked me, one of the best advice I learned in my life is when I was doing community service. Um, this is what I'm going to say. And um, when I was doing community service, because I got caught for doing something, I had to go, you know, do 1,500 community service hours. And a dude that just got out of jail from doing 20 years. And he asked me, he's like, yo, bro, what you, what you, what you on here for? And I told him what I'm in here for. He's like, yo, bro, I just did 20 years. And he told me about his life. He told me what he had. He told me how his life was before he went inside. I said, all right, cool. You know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, damn. It's another old head talking. You see what I'm saying? And then he said, yo, don't work all these hours and do all this stuff. And later on, you have nothing to show for it. That's one of the best advice I had in my life. Make sure you do everything. And later on, you can have something to show for it. Don't do nothing for granted. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. one of the that's one of the best advice. And and just imagine, right? Like, let's just say you're a millionaire right now. And then later on, when all the smoke clears up and you and everybody's away, you have nothing to show for it. Cause you lived that lavish lifestyle. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. that's one of the best advice I got. All right, beautiful, beautiful. So, and then lastly, then, um, like I said, looking at the younger generation or these kids coming up and stuff, you going through a bunch of things, man. What is one piece of advice you would offer them? Um, one piece of advice I offer them is, uh, believing in yourself. When I say believe in yourself, like, um, look in the mirror and gas yourself every day. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, like, when I was younger, I was always looking for confirmation from everybody mm-hmm. else. You know, like, oh, you think I should do this? You think this is the right thing? 
and people will give me their own opinion because I always second guess my opinion. You know, I remember the first time I wanted to become a barber, and um, I was in the 10th grade, and I told my mother, I was like, hey, mom, I want to become a barber. And my mom said, no, they don't make no money. You see what I'm saying? And my and my father-in-law, I mean, my father-in-law, my mom's husband said to, like, yo, if the boy want to be a barber, let him become a barber. It's crazy. Somebody outside of my family believed in me before mm-hmm. I believed in myself. You see what I'm saying? And then afterwards, I listened to a lot of um, motivational speakers um, and, you know, to build, um, you know, like um, belief in me and stuff like that. And then I realized I had to start doing affirmation. Mm-hmm. And everything I said I wanted to do was second-guessing myself was the things I needed to do. You know, sometimes, you know, coming up, people like, oh, Iceman's a weirdo. You feel me? Because I thought outside the box, I was not thinking the same way as others because they didn't understand the way I was thinking. It was weird to them. Right, right. But it was it was not foreign to me. So at the end of the day, like, yo, look in the mirror and tell yourself, like, bro, this is where I want to be. This is I, what I need to do. You know, sometimes um, in the beginning of the year, um, people write down, like, um, you know, like things that you want to do. I write down, like, you know, 10 things I want to do every year. And, and I'm like, yo, you know, the amount of money I want to save, uh, what I want to accomplish, or uh, things I want to change in my life, or um, things I want in my family or my wife, whatever. I write all these things down, and I stick to it. Now, at the end of the day, like, sometimes, you know, I keep reading and reading over to have goals, and these are the things I want to accomplish, and these are the things I believe I need to do at that time. So, at the end of the day, always believe in yourself, bro. People could tell you, like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And your mind, you're going to say, man, fuck you, yo. You don't know what I can do. Only reason why you say I can't do it because you scared because you can't do it. Right. You heard? So, at the end of the day, always have believe in yourself. And at the end of the day, make sure you own a gas station in your brain. Gas yourself every day, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, if you don't gas yourself Who's going to do it? Exactly. You feel me? Exactly. And always say to yourself, I got the power. Facts. Absolutely. I, I'm going to say this before I, I go any I go any further. We leave. Yo, at the end of the day, man, God is my creator. You feel me? And I'm his creation. And I'm trying to mimic him. Mm-hmm. So I'm God myself. Yeah. He created us in his image, man. Sure. So anything he could do, we could do. So why you know should I, mean? I mimic man? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, man. It's a beautiful thing, man. Well, I mean, thank you so much for coming down, sitting down brother, with me. Man. I appreciate, I appreciate it, man. You. And just well, if you if you need to get a haircut, if you in the area, please check out my Supreme Cuts over there, in Norman. My yes. boy Ice the Barbie. I'm saying hook it up. Appreciate um, you. Um, and, and Sixty I'm gonna Main say Street, Norwalk, Connecticut. It's really uh, it's really fifty eight B Main Street. But if you put that on your GPS, it's gonna bring you somewhere else. Sixty Main Street, right next to um, right next to um, Napa Auto Parts. You're going to see Nog Supreme Cuts. We're going to give you the Supreme Haircuts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. And just like this, man, for the conversation, the barbershop is always a place for good conversation, man. Every yes. time I go in there with my son, man, we have a great conversation. Thanks. So I appreciate you, man. And as always, everybody, like I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody.